Shalom, everybody. Welcome to today's edition of My Salvation Testimony, How Jesus Saved Me, uh, from yeshuasquare.com, the website that brings Christians together, lists Christian events and churches and ministries, what's going on in the world of the Christian world. You'll find it on yeshuasquare.com. Um, today's guest um, with me is Stuart Croxford Neal. He's a singer songwriter who used to be the keyboardist in the band Kajiguju. So, without further ado, I would like to bring Stuart in. Program. Hi, Stuart. How are you? Hi. Very well. Thank you, Kira. Nice to have you here on the program, Stuart. And it's a pleasure. Pleasure okay. to be with you. A lot of people would have known you from Kajigugu with the famous song Too Shy, which was performed on the Top of the Pops. Were you, you were involved in that band. Yes, it, it was a, a very um, exciting time because if you turn the clock back to 1983, and my goodness, how many years? I mean, it's three decades um, and it's taken me that long to grow a beard as well, which is amazing. Isn't it? Uh, anyway, the, the band was formed and out of local musicians. But, you know, we were really, uh, one might say lucky, but I don't believe it was luck. But uh, that's another story. I can come on to that. But we, we got the success. And yeah, it was a crazy time. A uh, lot of traveling. A lot of gigs, a lot of screaming teenagers. If you can imagine the likes of Spandau Ballet, Culture Club, Duran Duran. Um, one of the guys of Duran uh, mixed, uh, produced uh, the the song Too Shy. So there was a link up there. So yeah, a lot of stuff uh, happened for sure. And what did, you, what did you play in the band? I, I was the keyboard player. And I was the one of the, um, if you like, we, we had a... Uh, a writing unit that, that really was a joint effort uh, lyrically at that time. It was done by uh, the the uh, Limal, who was the lead singer, and Nick Beggs, who was the bass player. Um, so I didn't get involved in the lyrics at the time, um, but certainly musically, I was the, uh, the founder member on the keyboards. And you know, for those tech techies out there, um, technophobes, as it were, the the technology was very basic. It was analog technology and um, the digital age wasn't with us. And, but yet it was still exciting. I was using synthesizers like the Jupiter 8, Roland Jupiter 8, and um, creating our synth pop that mm. uh, hit the world. Okay. I actually have a photo of you here, uh, Stuart, and I hope this doesn't embarrass you, uh, but um, I found it, I think it's from uh, still from the top top of the pops from when you were singing Too Shy. Um, so hopefully it'll work. Oh, oh there, we go. there we go. You see it there, there. on the keyboard, keyboard. in Kajigudu. Wow. <laughs> I think that's actually that's from actually Top of the Pops. That's still, still from you and Top of the Pops. Yes, it looks, uh, it looks familiar for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know the, the the thing that I I would immediately uh, pick up on, apart from you know making me feel slightly older, is, is the the synth there would you know that it would be um, top of the pops used to have bands in, and it, at some point it was live, but then there would be this mechanism where you'd mime to the track, so you'd have a uh, you'd have a mixture, so that there'd be instruments that you'd be using you know um strange strange but you know it was great we went we, we too shy brought us all over um mm. all over the world mm. we went went to japan um we had tours in eastern europe 
and in in Western Europe, and yeah, it was it, it was really uh, the realization of a dream and ambition. And you know, if you could imagine you're you're working for something that you uh, you really do desire in your heart, you believe you you born for this thing and you really really want it so you you do everything you can and then all of a sudden you actually get that thing mm-hmm. and you know part of my uh, testimony today which i will go into is that really that thing doesn't give you what you think it was going to give you so you it had some great basically all that glitters is not gold but yeah. there were some exciting times and um, don't get me wrong it was very enjoyable and uh we were quite a what you might call relatively clean living band whereby we would straighten out our hotel rooms after we'd leave them rather than dumping the tv in the swimming pool okay um people like the rod stewart band bless his heart there's one story I, i remember where he he his his crew uh one of his crew put the all of the drum, our drummer's clothes in the bath, all of his belongings, they got into the room and actually put everything in the bath. Fortunately, they didn't turn the tap on. But, you know, it was just a bit rock and roll. Okay, that, even that's a bit tame, to be honest, Kira. Yeah. Just giving you a flavour for the 80s lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. And tell me, where did you grow up? So I, I, had, a, I had a really good uh, start in life. Um, my, my parents uh, sort of... I was in Leighton Buzzard, actually. It's a place called Leighton Buzzard in uh, South Bedfordshire, just north of London, about 40 miles north of London. And Leighton Buzzard was famous for three things, largely. One was uh, silica sand that makes glass. And one was the Baron Knights. I don't know if you remember those guys. No, perhaps you're a bit too young for that, Kira. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there might be some listeners out there. Uh, basically, it was, a, it was a pop band that did a spoof on, it was a comedy band, a cabaret band, and Kajigugu came from the area. Mm. And so, yeah, I, I grew up there. I had a quite a traditional church back upbringing, Methodist church, and my my parents were, um, you know, very musical. So the music side goes back to other generations. My father, my grandfather was a violin maker and restorer, mm. and my um, my grand grandmother, um, who he is married to, uh, they had four daughters, one of which was my mother, and they created the Music Group of London. So this was a chamber orchestra. Oh, so it was it was wow. very uh, steeped in musical education and in class, classical training. Mm-hmm. So I sub- subsequently went to the Royal College of Music to study piano, cello, and then uh, the acoustic guitar. Mm. Wow. So your parents are believers. In yes, uh, I mean there's a story in itself for 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 uh, my mother. Um, she became what I would say born again. You've heard the term, and yeah, maybe yeah. there's been some you know misunderstandings over the years of that term. But I I would um, I, I strongly believe that there is a when you accept um, God himself in the form of Jesus Christ into your life, there is a, uh, yes, there's a, um, you know, you're given a new, you become a new creation. So my mother 
went to church. Bless her, she's still alive, 94 years old. She's a bit poorly at the moment. But she um, made a commitment, really. The real encounter was later in her life at the age of 57. And that's when she then she actually went to a Baptist church. And um, and she, I, I, I sit here today, really, I believe, because of the prayers of my mother um, right, at right. that time. And yeah, you know, yeah. no, no question that upbringing. But, you know, believe me, I was not on the path. When I was in Kajagugu, uh, actually beforehand, um, I was um, a bit of a rebel. And, you know, there were, um, let me just... Get that out. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I, I whilst I had a very good start in life, um, you know, I became quite disillusioned with with things, and I was I was not, if you like, um, I'm, when I came into the band Kajugugu, um it was a at a time when, as I say, I was really we were determined to make a, a success, mm. and. The things that I relied on for fulfilment were certainly not godly things. That, you know, it was typically um, out in the pubs, in the clubs, in the you know there was there was that lifestyle that was that, that I brought along when I went when we got the success. So you can imagine when the money and the success arrived, mm -hmm. then I was, if you like, a bit of a loose cannon. So then. Mm -hmm. You, know, you can imagine coming off stage, you might have a gig in Germany with 16,000 people, say, and, you know, the thrill of the audience, the thrill of the production and the the whole experience. And then afterwards, oh, wow, you'd come off with the adrenaline. So yeah. that was a very dangerous time. And I, you know, I have to say that I, 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 I was the one propping up the bar. And right. so it was a, it was a very dark time of my life, albeit that it was a, you know, on the face of it, we were the, um, we had everything. We had the record company would be courting us in a way. Where, you know, they loved what we were doing. They had a number one success with the first with single. And so we were very popular. But, you know, who are your friends when you are successful? So at that time, there was this falseness if you like where you didn't really know people you were kept in a bubble you and then along comes a, a a couple actually that i met in north london and they they treated me as a normal person mm -hmm. and it took a while to get used to that i mean part of initially i was a bit annoyed <laughs> it's like, oh, don't you know what? Yeah. but no these were normal people they, they talked to me as a, as a regular person. And mm -hmm. that was, and this couple ended up inviting me and my ex-wife, Catherine, um, to dinner. And actually that was the moment. Um, they'd, they'd been talking about God, about mm -hmm. Jesus for um, some weeks, some time. And holy, you know, God was certainly talking to me. And as I mentioned, as I said, the, I was in a dark place. I was, I was not happy. I was not happy, which is quite remarkable when you consider you've got albums that are successful. You've got people that are um, looking up to you. Um, it's, it's one of those things that proves to me that 
whatever you do in life, the most important thing is knowing Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And that's what happened. And uh, yeah. And this couple, were they neighbors of yours or friends? Or? Yes, they, they came to, I was living in uh, Kilburn near Cricklewood in North London. Um, actually quite a strong Irish contingent over in that neck of the woods, probably still is. And they took a flat above us. Ah, nice. So they, they become neighbours. Right. Neighbors. So they started sharing the gospel with you every time you met them? Or? Yes, that's right. And we would be inviting them to, I mean, I'd get them down to the top of the pops. You should, they may have been at that picture you showed there. They, right. I, I would right. want to actually felt that a kind of uh, security okay. in knowing them. Okay. It was kind of a, a reality because okay. you could imagine I, I was in a, uh, a, you know, traveling out of a suitcase. I like traveling. I, I just really do love traveling. But you, you can lose your roots and you can lose who you are when, if you can imagine you've got the, the tour, uh, the managers around you, tour manager, and, and you get shepherded and held, uh, driven everywhere. And so you can lose touch. So these guys, they, it was a touch of reality that the Lord brought in. And I, I think we all need that. We all need someone who's going to come in and just meet us where we are um, mm -hmm. and share the gospel of the good news. Mm -hmm. And it wakes us up. And that's what happened to me. Mm. And, um, and your mother would have been praying for you at this stage. Yes, yes, yeah, most definitely. And my my father um, was a an avid Radio Four listener, so he would be passionately musical, and his aspirations for um, for me were very much teaching or in an orchestra or a classical uh, career. Mm -hmm. And so when I dropped out of school and dropped out of college as a result, uh, it was a very difficult time for my father. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I look back and I, I think, well, that wasn't such a good thing. I'm a father now of myself. I've got six children, six daughters, and, and they, they've, uh, they, they've grown up. The ages are, you know, my youngest is 20. My eldest is twins are 33, 34. Uh, and um, I know what it's like to be a father, but it, what happened was uh, a great disappointment. And then when, of course, things developed and Kajagugu actually had a success, he was the most proud person. Uh, he he used to follow the charts. I don't know if you remember, there was, there was a program every Friday, it was a Gallup poll, a Gallup chart. So yeah. records used to be sold in shops and there yeah. was a machine that they tapped it in when it, 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 you know, one was registered and whoever got the most um, sold would then be higher in the charts. Now there was some corruption involved actually in the process because mm. you'd get, you'd get shop owners being bribed and you know, to, to put a track up. So there's all that sort of stuff going on. Mm. Um, but he would follow it, and uh, he he was he like he then started listening to Radio One. Um, I don't know if you listened to BBC Radio One recently. Uh, um, I, I I very occasionally do, but it's see it's changed 
a bit, but in essence, Radio One being the really the street cred, um, young people's uh, station. Obviously, mm-hmm. we have so many more um, options now. But my father, he he would listen to the uh, progress of the song, <laughs> and uh, that was wonderful. Yeah, especially yeah. someone who's got a more classical. Yes, indeed. And spiritually, um, no, um, let's say, look at faith for a minute. Uh, my father was, uh, would have um, attended church throughout his life. He would have attended uh, services, uh, the holidays, Christi- Christian holidays, um, you know, Easter and uh, Christmas celebrations, uh, etc. Um, however, it was only, I believe, in the latter day of the latter stages of his life where I think he met the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. He had a dream. He shared the dream with me when he was poorly. And he used to listen to Handel. Now, Handel is um, Handel's Messiah. Um, you know, there's some beautiful works written by these by composers such as Handel um, mm-hmm. that describe in music the... Uh, Jesus's uh, life and biblical events and my father had this dream it was called the dream of, it was based around the dream of Gerontius in the Handel's Messiah but it was to do with him walking up a ladder um, and meeting the Lord and mm-hmm. I believe he met the Lord and I believe I will meet my father in heaven uh, one day. and um, you know it's it's an encouragement really for all of all of the you know the 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 people today that that's you know if so important to to meet the Lord so that we can then be ready to to um, live out our eternity in glory. Yeah, and Handel's Messiah was mostly scriptural. You can really feel the presence of the Holy Spirit when you listen to it. Yes, indeed, very much so. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, th- I think for me the. The whole journey um, of my uh, my faith and my life has been around music, and it has been around the sound. Um, and I, I was saying to you earlier before we uh, before we came came on live was that sat the sound and the frequencies are um, they can reach places, reach parts uh, that transcend our physical being. Right. Right. Right, right. So that suggests to me that there must be something other than our physical beings at operation that, that are in operation in our lives. And when I play, when I and, and now having found uh, Jesus and walked with him for for a number of years, and I'm talking about 1984 when I met that couple and they and they um, introduced Jesus to me. So it's it's quite a number of years, but through that, through those decades, I've gone through um, different, if you like, encounters with the Lord, and 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 so um, yeah, I think the the worship, the music has be, always been a very strong theme running through for me, mm. and uh, yeah, and that's now really what I'm. You see in the background here, I'm in my little studio in in Lisbon, just outside of Belfast. And uh, here's where I do uh, worship every week and I stream it live on YouTube and Facebook and, you know, 
we love those platforms, don't we, Kira? We do. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever else. Yeah. yeah. And you can find uh, Stuart Songs, folks, on Yeshua Square and his events on yeshuasquare.com. And you can find his ministry listing and more about his worship there. Stuart, can you just go back to the point where you became, you know, born again, where you met Jesus? I mean, I know what you mean by when you say you met Jesus, but maybe for some non-believers who might not know what you mean, when you say I met Jesus, can you expand on that? Yes, it's a good question and a very... Um... It's a very difficult one in a way to to explain, because what we're talking about here is um, a spirit. So it, God is a spirit, which is by that very term, a, not a physical being. So Jesus, our Lord, um, I believe, came to earth in the flesh, as it says in the Bible, in the beginning of the the Gospel of John, the um, the Word, which is representative of Jesus Christ, the person, God's Son, became flesh and was born and lived on the earth here physically for 33 years or whatever. So Jesus then, uh, as is recorded, was crucified and w went and after three days was resurrected by God's spirit. So when when we say um, Jesus came, uh, I found Jesus. Actually, Jesus has always he, he hasn't been lost. OK, he's he's existed um, before time began. But but what took place was that it's really my acceptance and my heartfelt belief that Jesus exists as a spirit that he he was uh, he rose again and is in heaven and I've invited him in a spiritual sense to come in and be not control my life because he gives us free will but it, to be the center of my life to come in and that's what happened on that occasion so You've heard it before, maybe people have heard the um, when invited to do, make a prayer of, of faith or a prayer of salvation. So literally, it was the realization that, yes, Jesus is real. He was real when he was in the body. He is real when he was resurrect, uh, resurrected. And I now say to Jesus, come, come to me, come into my heart as a spirit because I'm a spirit, soul and body. So three parts of who I am. That's what I believe. But you don't really know that. I didn't know that then. I only learned that later. So literally, it was a case of um, you know, inviting him in. Now, one thing I would say, a note of caution to people really, is that when you, because many people may have, may have asked that, they've prayed that prayer and then, couple of months down the road or a year down the road things have got tough in as far as the lord after he wants to test and make sure that our faith is genuine he doesn't want us to spend years and years and years not knowing him so if we it, it has to be a genuine faith so what he tends to do what i've seen and what i've experienced is that he would then test you and just make sure <laughs> 
through different ways that actually you mean what you say and you yeah. do um, honour him. Yeah. For the, you know, very simple examples might be, okay, I say that I, I've invited Jesus in my life, but yet I then go and in my speech, I don't, um, you know, I, I might criticise people unnecessarily or I might um, be a, unreasonable in my behaviour. I might be violent in my marriage, yet I'm saying I've accepted Jesus. It doesn't work. It won't work. So that's why he has to test to make sure that we, our hearts are genuine. Mm -hmm. And it's for our own good. It's for our own good because no one can go into heaven and to actually be a, you know, a resident in the kingdom when there is sin in our lives. So sin is a big part of this whole process. But to begin with, you don't really know what you might be doing wrong necessarily. There are some obvious ones that he made in my life, but but there might be some that need a while. To, it's a bit like an onion, you know, gets the layers peeled off, you know, and, oh, yeah, ah, that's not right, is it, Lord? You know, and he guides you. And this is where the Spirit of God, and we call, you know, we know him as the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh in Hebrew. I love that word. I love his name. He comes and guides us. and he, But actually, more than that, he comes and lives in us, in this body. Mm. So it, it, it's a little bit tricky when you're, you're looking at physicality and you're looking at, ta you know, tangible things. But the spirit world is really, in, in my experience, that is the real world. That is the real world. So mm. I found, you know, I found that um, it was a gradual strengthening and deepening of my understanding and going through different things. I'm not proud of it, but I, you know, I've gone through divorce as well. And I've, I've gone through financial, uh, I mean, the band was great. We had a great success. And you know what? I love the system that someone created called royalties. <laughs> it's just been really a, a great system because you, if you get a, you know, whether it's a book or mm -hmm. a, um, a film or, or whatever, um, there's a, an agency that, that, that collects. So that has been a great thing. But, you know, over the years, there's been financial hardship and uh, the Lord has used that. And um, he hones us. He, 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 it's a crucible. Our lives are a crucible that is tested. And as we are um, molded, we then can let the... You know, God can use us and the glory, his glory can come through our lives. So the self tends to, you know, we've got to, I believe, the more we can get rid of our self, then the Lord, the Lord can use us. Yeah. Uh, I think you're, you're describing the spirit of repentance there that has to come if you're born again. Um, and awareness that I know it can take time to realize sometimes what sin is, but the closer you get to the Lord, the quicker you realize and the quicker you repent. Um, yeah. But, you know, when you become born again, the your, your actions should change. There should be a change because it says in the word of God that you become a new creation in Christ. But like you say, we're completely new, you know? Um, it doesn't mean to do everything right. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. And 
with the the worrying thing concerning thing today is where i i you know i don't hear the word repentance um in the in salvation and in 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 many places you know it's so it's so key because we have to acknowledge our sin before the lord um to commune with him in his um as he is mm-hmm. but he's he's provided a way for us to to com- to to know him yeah. but we have to repent of our you know our, our flesh and our, our sin and you know if someone says they they don't sin then the the truth is not in them you right, know, right. Um, uh, so we have to walk in the light, and as it says in in, in John one John, uh, um, if we confess our sin, he through his blood he cleanses us. So he's it's a spiritual process, all of this going on, um, but it manifests itself in you know different forms. And the 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 trouble is that the the the, the world looks at sin, and look the Christian community, let's say the Christian church sometimes um, can look at uh, sin and actually make a judgment based on what they see. And, and I think there's a danger because sin is, it can be a critical thought. It can be a, a harsh you know, attitude. Bitter can be just as bad as some other sins that are much more uh, visible. Mm-hmm. So... Sin is a very important part, and as you said, repentance was. I, mean, I, I had to come to a point at that you know, I'd been touring, I'd been doing all sorts of stuff, and you know, I had to say to the Lord, "Here I am, and uh, I am sorry for what's taken place. I've put the um, the ambition of this career in front of you." Um, I lay it all down and, you know, I still do this even in my worship music. I have to, you know, the idols that we build up are deceptive because they can become something even without us knowing, but yet they're in front of God, they're in front of Almighty's. He do, he wants a pure heart of worship. He wants us, he wants to be first in our lives and and he's such a blessing um to us um, so it, it, it's not all one-sided but it, it it's uh yeah all, all these things have to be put in their place um mm. but that you asked me the question what is it that happened so that's very much trying to give you the the viewers a yeah, yeah, an idea. Yeah. And in the music industry, it really does promote sin as cool, acceptable, and none of them, of course, are saved that promote this stuff. But as Christians, we know that the more we sin, the further we go away from the presence of the Lord. Yes, yes, that's right. One song on this uh, particular record that I've I worked on last year through lockdown, and it was um, it seemed like a very uh, poignant moment in my life because uh, I have a studio it's just me in here so I wasn't inviting people in and I wasn't I was obeying the rules you know I, mm-hmm. I look careful to do that but um, one of the songs is called One Day in Your House uh, mm-hmm. One Day in Your House oh Lord it's taken from a psalm and you know Ooh. David uh, in in the book of Psalms and in the Bible David King David and um, 
he was a worshipper and he his you know my my understanding when i read the scriptures is that he was so passionate for the lord he he wanted to dwell in his house forever i mean psalm 23 that we uh, we we know and it may be that some you know non believers also have heard of the lord is my shepherd i shall not want you you make me to lie down in green pastures you restore my soul and david uh for, i aspire to uh that kind of passion whereby the closer I can get to the Lord, I know the more I'll be blessed. But through giving to him, you receive. So I want to give to him. And to to give to him, you can't do it with a baggage of you've just gone and beaten someone up or you've just gone and stole, you know, something. So the Ten Commandments are still valid today as they were in the ancient days of Israel. You know, no, you shall have no other gods before me. Um, you should worship uh, no idols. Uh, don't kill. Don't steal. Mm. Um, and when you're aspiring in your heart to do those things, then God is close. He he can become close to to a person, I believe. And the more He'll draw close. Mm. And um, yeah, that that's my ambition. Stuart, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but would you give us a little bit of that song you mentioned, uh, the one that really had a big effect on you during lockdown? What was it called again? Oh yes, yes, that? that one, that one there. What's yeah, it called indeed, one? indeed. One day in your house. One day in your house. One day in your house. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Yeah, so, okay. Okay. Yes, you are putting me on the spot, Kira. You're, you're like, <laughs> I'm good at that. Yeah, but that's absolutely fine. I am prepared to. Um, so, is that coming through okay? Perfect. I'll just tune up the orchestra. Which is um, basically a library here of instruments on my keyboard. So this is all live. Now, let's see how we go with this. Fountain of your love, 
Wow, that was beautiful. And Yahweh God uh, was what he made me to refer to him as Yahweh for Ireland. So one day in his house, that was really, really lovely, really uplifting. Well done. So Stuart, just going back to when you became born again and you met Jesus and your life was transformed and that couple had been evangelizing to you essentially about the Lord. How did your spiritual life go? Like, did you ever get water baptized or did you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit? Yes, and um, the, the the baptism uh, I felt should that, that was quite immediate that I felt I should get water baptized. Mm -hmm. um, symbolically, I understood it to be a you know part of the new life. So you're really being buried under the water, and you're you're rising up a new creation and so it, it's symbolic of the cleansing really of the process of the repentance that you've of your sin and 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 the spiritual birth and Jesus coming in so i did i was baptized early on where was that where uh, was that it was in a a baptist church in Leighton buzzard mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and a, a lovely um minister there his name is Norman Barr, and uh, he he um, we were baptized there, and uh, yeah, that was in in 1984. Um, after I found the Lord, and actually I was married in the same church, my first marriage uh, in, in that church too. But there's a distinct difference between I believe the water baptism and then and it, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I think there are two, it's my belief, that there are two distinct events for the believer. And in some cases that I've heard um, has happened almost simultaneously, or there may be some time delay. A bit, a delay. And in my case, there was a delay. Um, right, right. Me too. Because that only happened, uh, the, the second uh, stage, only really happened um, back in um, 2010. Yeah, yeah. Around that time. And uh, just to explain, let's turn that reverb down a little bit. Um, the, the second process, again, is a, 
slightly different to difficult to de- describe to to people because it's again a bit a, a you know, something that happens to you outside of the um, the normal day to day life and it's it's a spiritual experience really. So what happened to me was. Um, so you're being Im- like with water, you're immersed, but it's into God's spirit. It's probably the best way to describe it. Now, lots of things can happen at the time. I mean, this, spiritually, I mean, my body reacted in a certain way. Um, some other people, when it happens to them, they may lay on the floor for a number of hours. Other people may just sit quietly in a chair. And what happened to you? You said your body reacted. It it kind of for me it was a um, almost like a, a gripping a muscular gripping that happened in my body. I, I physically was um, you know impacted. I didn't jerk around a lot, and all you know that can happen as well. Some and, and and I think people when they see this and I've there's you know it's a very interesting subject and one that you have to be careful and be discerning about what is a true manifestation of the spirit of god because i believe there is a force as an enemy out there that is trying to get people to go down the wrong path now jesus said the path is narrow this is not an easy path, so it's a narrow path. So there's there are deceits along the way, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit can be one of those areas. I think mm-hmm. that has led people uh, into not the real thing. So yeah, just be cautious. Yeah, for- and the Bible tells us that the evidence uh, of it is speaking in tongues and prophesying. So did you receive speaking in different languages? Not immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it um, it came later, mm-hmm. uh, but certainly it did come. And once I uh, I remember when I was in my primary school and I was learning to swim, and um, I was always very fearful of going under the water. Yeah. And for a long time, I can remember this vividly. I must have been only about I don't know six or seven. Oh, cool. The system's different, I think. It, to yourselves down in the south into in the republic but over in england at that time and then suddenly i did it at my i let my feet off the off the ground and swam and it was such a freedom and mm-hmm. that was it i love swimming now just great um speaking in tongues was a little bit like that so i'd heard about it and obviously i believed i believed there was something in it at the time I believed in it. It's written about in the Bible, in in the chap in the in the book of Corinthians specifically about about tongues. Um, so I believe in it, and and once I just started to mm-hmm. put the first words together, it just went. Um, it began, and now it's something that I use very every day. In actual fact, if someone if I get frightened, you know, when you meet someone you're not expecting in a doorway or, you know, a sudden jerk comes along, first thing comes out of me now is is the spiritual language. Right, it's, right. You know, which can be a bit off-putting to people in the street if they suddenly come on, 
slap me on the back for any reason. Uh, yeah. But yeah. How do you get the songs you sing? How does it happen? <laughs> I'm just thinking. <laughs> um, I would say what I find. I mean, I've got. I was looking on my 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 notepad, my electronic iPad. You know, um, there's over a hundred songs there in in a space of um, a couple of years or so. And for me, I th I find the I, I do this weekly worship, and really, it's it's emanating out of that. That's really the the substance and where the Lord um, has uh, you know what you might say imparted ideas. Um, I think also I've looked, um, he, he said one day I was praying and uh, I felt very strongly, uh, you know, I'm very, I hear a lot of people say the Lord said this and, and God said this to me. And, and I think sometimes people, uh, you know, wonder how, how does that work? You know, God speaking to you. Okay. Well, in this case, it, it a voice didn't come out of thin air. It was really in, in your thoughts. So I said earlier on that we, I believe we've made up of three parts and we've got our body, obviously, and then we have two other parts, which is our soul and our spirit. Now, the soul is really what you might describe our emotions, our in intellect and our feelings, emotion, intellect, etc. But there's a spirit in us, which is really our, our core being and um that spirit it it's like, it's a bit technical i think but in essence it communicates internally with a person with our mind so our spirit is interlinked with our thinking and so i think that, that you you hear uh, there's one scripture that says have the mind of Christ. So mm. I think there's a mind, there's a there's a thinking that is connected to our spirit, to our heart. So actually there's there's more than just our intellectual in our brain going up is at work here. So when I say I felt God speak to me, what I believe happened was his spirit spoke, communed with my spirit that then told me in my head you know things and and that's really how it works is that and he, what it, what i believe was he he said that, that the spirit of god said to me at that time was look in my book for your lyrics wow look in my book and i did and you know i started to use his words and they're royalty free actually <laughs> yeah and and if you look it it was wonderful and a lot of David's psalms are very relevant. Like one day in your house is taken from a psalm, really. If you look at, uh, he was singing David that one day is like a thousand days. Yeah. You know, one day is like, he, God's out of time. Yeah. He's not in our time. He created time, but one yeah, day is, yeah. and, and I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather be a servant. I'd rather be a, someone that cleans up, you know, the, the, the church or clean it, the humility yeah, is, yeah. is coming through in that song and that, that's really yeah so songs really have come that way I, I a lot of them have come through that process and do you, do you write all your own songs yes yeah Great. yeah Wonderful. at the yeah. moment yeah and Stuart I know you love Israel um why do you have such a love for Israel so do I by the way praise God yeah I, 
I think the um, I used to I, I'll start at the beginning where the seed was sown for for my love for uh, for Israel and for uh, the Hebrew um, language and the Hebrew music. Actually, I, I really enjoy. Um, is I worked with a singer called Helen Shapiro. Wow! And and um, when I when I came out of Kashigugu, and I, I, you know, I'd made the commitment to the Lord, and we were walking a lot. You know, I was, I, I was moving into the next stage. Kashigugu ended. I thought there was a going to be a fantastic solo career for me. <laughs> After that, there wasn't, mm. and um, you know, things sort of got stripped back quite a bit in different ways. And then one of the things came along. Uh, I met uh, a wonderful keyboard player. His name is David Cook, and he was the he was working with Helen. Helen Shapiro used she had this song called "Walking Back to Happiness" in the oh, early sixties. Yeah. Love it. And yeah, she she had a, a, not Great the song. only song. I mean, "Don't Treat Me Like a Child," and there were a whole. She was around at the time of the Beatles, yeah. and you'll see footage. But she was a very young singer at that time, but had a very deep. Uh, voice, you know, but even deeper than Carol Carpenter, who's, who's lovely mm -hmm. yeah, tone yeah, as well. Yeah. But Helen Shapiro, um, she was a she came up in the jazz genre, but she also was, um, you know, had this musical um, musical show uh, background as well. Um, but then Helen, who was a Jewish lady, she became a messianic believer. Mm. And this is where, you know, the traditional and orthodox Jewish people um, are still believing that the Messiah uh, that is in G that Jesus is, Yeshua, is still yet to come. Mm -hmm. So the, the Jews don't believe and would don't adhere to uh, Jesus being the anointed one. And they're still looking for the Messiah. Yet there is a uh, part, as you know, Obviously, you're aware that the uh, there are believers in the Jewish community that do believe in the Messiah, and hence the Messianic Jew they'd be called. Um, so she had a show, gospel, a gospel show, but she gave a testimony of how she found the Messiah, and um, I got drafted in to play the guitar. So I'd been playing the guitar in a function band. I mean, I, I said I, I did the acoustic guitar at college, and that really that started me off down a whole rabbit trail of rock and blues and all sorts of stuff, Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin. And, you know, there was a um, guitarist called Rory Gallagher in, in oh, Belfast, yeah. you know, and I, I used to love him. Um, so the guitar became very prominent in my um, life. and, and mm. But she was very jazz, so I had to learn um, a lot of jazz stuff. I'm not really a jazz guitarist. It's quite tricky, but um, I got I got through it. Uh, I did the backing vocals on her "Walking Back to Happiness." Walking back to happiness. What's your your part? No, I didn't record it. I, I did it in the live show. Yeah, so you're part of that production. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. um, now that began. Then my but she had this praise section of Jewish praise. And, you know, it was like, um, hey, look, I'm going to be a bit bold here. I'm just going to give you a blast of what we used to do. It is good to praise the Lord. And make music to your name, oh God most high. Ooh. 
She, she used to do a medley and I kind of, um, I've incorporated it. And, and Kira, you've heard it up here in the worship centre. I know you, and it, you, I usually do it all the time. People must yeah. get a bit bored with it, but I don't because I kind of, it's a good praise song. Anyway, that started me off and the Hebrew music, uh, the Davidic worship, um, and the tonality, it, it, it's really captivated me. And um, so that's what started it off. And you're blessed to play worship in Sukkot Talal in Jerusalem, which overlooks the Temple Mount. It has an amazing view there. You were there recently. Yes, that's right. It was, I think, one of the most memorable and uh, rewarding, fulfilling moments in my life so far in terms of well, different levels, but you know, worship as well, because I've, for the past several years, I've I've been building and building up to and um, getting more immersed in, in, you know, Hebrew worship and, and music, but also looking at what the Bible says and trying to understanding, you know, I, I don't think the Old Testament is a um, something that is replaced by the New Testament. I actually believe it's part of a an overall picture, um, and so I see myself. Actually, I'm not, I'm not Jewish by birth, native citizen, but I do see myself as part of the, if you you might say, the Commonwealth of faith of, of um, the one new man that is both the Jew and the and the uh, Gentile. But actually, I don't see myself as a Gentile anymore. Mm -hmm. I see Gentiles as a, you know the people outside of the covenant that really don't have any covenant or any faith. Um, mm. I think believers are, um, you know, part of um, the, the grafting back into the, the Commonwealth of Israel. Mm. Um, that's obviously a very controversial topic, maybe not mm. only in um political terms, but also in Christianity as well, in the traditional church. And here in Northern Ireland, there's some varying of um, how people are embracing um, you know, Israel and understanding uh, Israel. I mean, we've only just last night, for as an example, is the, was the um, uh, Holocaust Memorial, the day of... Um, that the memory of and, and there are a number of events and you know i still see quite a a lack of general understanding and interest to to actually go down this road to to understand what what, what is israel really all about what is you know it, it says in the bible that the lord will return to jerusalem and reign mm -hmm. in jerusalem Yerushalayim, for a thousand years so um, whatever time the Christian 
believes the taking away the rapture of the church happens of the believers that you know, the Lord is coming back um, mm. to take us up mm. in the air. You know, there's there's a whole um, there's a whole story there outlined in prophecy uh, in the books of the Bible. Mm. But you know, I think um, for me, the time is, you know, it, we must sort of. If we can understand, if we can put aside any prejudices and not just with religion, but with um, racial and uh, ethnic prejudices and just we, let, let's look at what is the truth. Let, let's find out what. And that's really what I want to do. And that, yeah. that's been my journey. Uh, but wow. it's led me down this um, certainly down this uh, uh, Hebrew route and uh, my love for Israel. Um, yes. yes, that time in Sukkot Halel, it's a 24, 24 by 7 worship centre there. And they have a grand piano there. It's a Yamaha. Yeah. I like Yamahas. I mean, they're yeah. great. They, their tone is a little little sharp for my liking. I love, I like, I like um, you know, Bosendorfer and Steinway. I only need about £200,000 to get one. Maybe. <laughs> so if there's any donors out there, that, you know. <laughs> but I, to worship and just play what I did there yeah, above the Mount of Olives, uh, above the um, Temple Mount, um, and they let me in there. They didn't know me. Uh, Patricia Ridings, and um, that's uh, Rick's wife. Rick, 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 Rick Ridings, and Patricia, his wife, uh -huh. and, and through a contact. Um, uh, and the, I mean, to fulfil a twenty-four hour. Worship. You've got to have people that are, yeah. um, you know, got to get a lot of people to to carry on the worship. A bit like the I, IHOP in Kansas City, isn't it? Um, mm -hmm. International House of Prayer mm -hmm. over in the states. But it was an awesome experience. And one day, Kira, you know, I believe we shall be in Jerusalem worshiping together at some point. I, I, I actually believe that. Amen. Um, Amen. Where and when? Obviously, I, COVID I, needs to kick the bucket and get out of town. <laughs> Yeah, don't, don't even <laughs> talk about <laughs> COVID. Okay, yeah. Moving, um, moving swiftly on, but yeah. Let's not go there on that, folks. Yeah, so Jerusalem is the apple of God's eye. And if you don't love the Jewish people and Israel, I believe there's something missing spiritually in you. And uh, that's what I think, because Jesus came as a Jew and uh, he came to the land of Israel. And um, that's where he's going to reign from. So it's really important for a believer to go back into the roots of the Jewish roots and the traditions of the feasts. And Yeshua Square does promote these as being important because if they're important enough for Jesus to do them, they're important for us as well. And we can learn a huge amount from them. It doesn't mean if you do not do these that you won't make it into heaven, okay? Uh, but there is something special in it. And the Jewish people do get a lot of things right. But of course, they uh, are missing a massive thing, which shocks me all the time in that they do not realize that the Messiah has already come. They're waiting for the Messiah to return. Um, I don't know how they can, um, I, I don't know how this has been held from them, that they can live in a land which is an open heaven and they still uh, do not realize that the Messiah has already come. And um, he already came as a lamb and he's going to be coming back this time as a lion. It's an interesting point you make, actually, because when you, you, you probably know as, as well as I do, and many people that um, when, when, when you're talking, you're talking to a person about the Lord, and sometimes the, there's there's a complete blindness, there's a complete wall in front that you're not able to penetrate because that person um, 
maybe has had some bad experiences um, in relationships with either a Christian person or a, a church or, or or anything. And mm-hmm. you know, when we've had a if we've fallen out with someone, um, you know, the only way is forgiveness. I believe forgiveness is the key. But there's many people that maybe the forgiveness ha- hasn't come and. And so in that way, for me, it's not difficult to see why a Jew, Orthodox Jewish person, um, you know, in, in the north of Ireland, in Belfast, and you look over the history here, and I'm, a, I'm an Englishman and I've moved to Belfast for about yeah, nearly 20 years now, um, is that, you know, there's a deep-rooted belief um, on, on one opinion or another based on many many hurts and we're talking about significant violence and death and and many things and so over generations you built up and you're you 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 actually get in uh, a belief system in your head that is impenetrable in some cases it's only god that can come in and actually break those barriers down yeah. and i see this in 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 the in the jewish orthodox the you know mm-hmm. the lovely people Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's you know there's some there's some bad people um, mm-hmm. that are Orthodox Jews. There's some bad people that are English men and women and Irish men and women in all sorts of you know there's bad and good everywhere. It mm-hmm. is a it, this is a, this is where we are. So it, I, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me because of that that building. When you look at what happened after the death of Jesus two thousand years ago. And how the um, the teachings and the scribes built up, and the the verbal teachings that then got translated, the Talmud and other writings from basically out outside of what was the ancient text of the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible written by Moses. Um, so we have these extra biblical teachings that have been, you know, layer upon layer upon layer, precept upon precept. And they, this, you know, and and they're very much don't believe in in the Messiah, um, you know. So yeah. it, it there's a. I think we have to be just very, I mean, not compromising in our faith, but let let let's be gracious in our understanding of other people's positions. You know, that's that, that's really what I'm trying to do. I hold very strongly to my my faith and what I believe in, but. You know, sometimes I think the we can be so consumed, if you like, by if if God if if God Himself reveals a truth to to you, you can sometimes so believe you know um, in that that everybody else then becomes less or you know a, a segment of society or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know we have. I believe God is a God of love. He is love. And so he's looking to embrace even, um, even uh, all peoples of the world, you know, the Muslim communities, um, the Hindu communities, everybody, whoever, whatever, um, uh, whatever background they've come from, God reaches out. He reaches out to them. But Jesus, I believe, is he's the answer. He is the way. So... Right. 
And Jewish people on the 21st of February, I don't know if you know this, but they're going to have a worldwide prayer session where all of them together are going to pray for the Lord to return. So they're very aware that the Lord of the time of the Lord's return is close. Of course, they don't realize that he has already come. Um, but, um, you know, God also hears, he, he hears everybody's prayers, even if they're not born again. That doesn't mean that they make it into the kingdom of God. You must be born again to make it into the kingdom of God. But um, it's going to be amazing. I mean, the Lord has shown me that the, he has already started to work on the hearts of the spirit of the Jewish people since November. So when the, this move of God gets even greater, you're going to see the most phenomenal evangelists, amazing teachers uh, coming out of this great move of God. Yes, there's a, there's a number already, aren't there? The increasing numbers of Messianic believers in, in yeah, yeah. Israel, in, in, in Jerusalem, it's, it's yeah. been on the rise. And I've, I've been fortunate to be involved in a, um, a, couple, uh, a project that is involved with the return of, of the Jews um, oh, yeah. in Ethiopia, the Alia. <laughs> yeah, and um, I hope to be able to do more. Um, there's obviously the International Christian Embassy for Jerusalem, the ICEJ, yeah, um, yeah, their meeting was um, put online this year. That's one that I'd love. The Feast of Tabernacles that takes place mm -hmm. in the uh, in the later in, in the year. But the feast, okay. as you say, for me, the I grew up as a in a Methodist church, uh, a traditional um, Christian upbringing in the Western society, and it's taken me ooh, a lot quite a long time to now begin to look at that differently even even the the celebration and the when you look at the the roots of how our calendar and how our christian calendar is built up things like easter even and christmas even you know and and when you look back and you actually delve into how these came about because i mean i'm 60 years old um last year i know you wouldn't believe it you know and, uh, so, uh, i get it i get it kira you know <laughs> but, but i mean i've grown up right with i used to, i yeah you know, i love i loved christmas eve and mm -hmm. my mother used to get the you know they get the, the stocking and it, it's grown i've grown up loving all that stuff and i you know i still have a a recognition for those moments but what is it all about? So, you know, you look back into how this all came about and there you see actually Passover, not Easter. Mm. You look at Hanukkah, which actually at Christmas time, um, the Jews celebrate um, the festival um, Hanukkah, but it's still giving a present and, and you put your lights up, but you don't trawl a Christmas tree and glorify a tree in your house anymore. You know, and these are controversial things, I know. But, you know, it, everybody has to learn themselves. And yeah. we, you know, I'm, I'd we're like all, to... We're all, all on a journey. On Everyone is at different stages. That's right. That's yeah. right. But I think the, the key is that, you know, I would say, if you haven't found our Lord Jesus yeah. yet, um, if you've been put off the trail or hurt or whatever it is then you know i mean don't don't hesitate get in touch either either myself or or issue square um or someone that maybe you don't know that you, you, sometimes you the, the the people around us are the ones we get hurt by 
sometimes. Mm. So um, mm. it's real. The, the Lord Jesus has, has uh, now there are challenges for sure. Um, nothing that is insurmountable. Only insurmountable when we don't try and do it ourselves. So even today, and you know, I, uh, I was chatting with Kira to start with uh, earlier on, and you know there are challenges that we we need um, to learn by, and so. But I would recommend, I would say to you, you know, don't leave it too long, don't yeah. leave it any longer. Right. The Lord, right. the Lord loves you. He cares for you. All of us are children. So. Mm. Hey, I'm not an evangelist. I just thought <laughs> we're all evangelists. Yeah. Yeah. Stuart, I'd like to for you to close in prayer and I'd like you to pray for whoever is listening or watching this live or at a future point. Pray for them. Um, they may be believers or non-believers. Is that OK for you to pray? Certainly. Lord God, I pray for these people, Lord God, that have, that have looked at and listened to the words today and that will look at them in restreams and recordings. Whoever you are out there, I pray that the peace of God will come to your house. I pray that the The shackles will be loosed off your life. That the scales will be dropped from your eyes. That you would see Jesus as he is. And that he would come and minister and come to you. And that you would open your heart. I pray, Lord God, come and meet the people where they're at this day and show them your love, show them and meet with them. Thank you Lord Jesus for your goodness and may your kingdom come and may your glory come. Amen. So that was wonderful. Thank you so much, Stuart, for sharing your testimony about your life and how Jesus especially um, uh, touched you, came into your life. It's going to be an inspiration to many, not just in the music world, but in general. And it shows how you came through what you came through and how you found Jesus and how you became born again. Thank you for the opportunity. I really do appreciate it. Okay. No problem. So, folks, you can find Stuart's songs. They're available to download and to buy on yeshuasquare.com. You can also find his events there and um, you can find his ministry listing more about his worship. So I'll put the link down below to the shop so you can click on it if you want, if you're interested in looking and buying his songs and supporting him. I just want to say thanks again, Stuart, for taking the time out to do your testimony. I'm sure we will speak again online and at some stage in the future. So I just say bye and shalom. God bless you. Thank you, Kira. Bye-bye for now. All right. God, God bless. bless. Bye. Shalom. Bye. Bye. Shalom. Shalom.